Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Connections are what bring us together, whether halfway around the world or in the office next door. Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next-generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always-on connections. From SD-WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406-541-5000 to learn more. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Oh, man, this is just making me so happy. I love me some Rage Against the Machine, but I love me some Metallica even more. Don't be too sad. It is the signal that it is officially over. No more two-tell nuanas, at least for the immediate future, but have no fear. The last show of two-tell nuanas for 2020 and for the foreseeable future happening right now. Colter Nuwana is joining you, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. And today I'm joined in studio by my good buddy, former Big Sky Conference football coach for a long time, but an even better friend, Ty Gregorak. And we're going to get into a lot of different things today. If you haven't been paying attention, Ryan Tutel, he retired. He turned 40. He retired. He's hitting the road. <laughs> we'll see if he comes back. Who knows? But have no fear. We're going to keep doing Missoula and Montana's best sports talk radio show for you every single day from 4 to 6. This is our last show of 2020. We're off for the last two weeks of the year, but we'll come back after the new year and hit it full force. I got about four dozen, count them, four dozen guest hosts lined up for the beginning of the year. and We're going to be uh, still having the same old fun talking local sports, statewide sports, Big Sky Conference sports, pro sports, and just having a damn good time. Broadcast it to you live, 1029ESPN.com, as well as statewide, SWX Montana Television. If you want to listen to us live, go to 1029ESPN.com, click on the Listen Live Stream. Stream is presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call or shoot us a text, 361-3688. That's your number, 361-3688. You can text it, Reese will forward the text along. So thanks to everybody. Yesterday, Ryan had his final show Um Yesterday evening, and a lot of great feedback. Thanks for all the listeners sending in all their texts, their warm regards. That was fun. 
All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. And I guess we could say all texts join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line as well. Let's take a look at what we got in the show today. We're going to be talking a lot of college football because the guy here with me, he coached college football for about 15 years. He also played college football. So we'll get into a whole bunch of stuff, including 11 years ago today, Montana played for the national championship. The last time the Grizz played for the national championship, it seems like it was yesterday and eons ago. So we'll rehash some memories from that. Also talk a little bit about, you know, Bobby Houck and Coach Ty here. He worked for Coach Houck for a long time. So we'll talk about Bobby Houck's ability to develop players because it is one of the best um, traits that this, this current coaching staff has had for a long time. Also going to talk a little Coastal Carolina because the Chanticleers Seven years ago, they were sitting here playing in Missoula against a really good Grizz team, and they were an upstart FCS team that had not really been uh, any sort of relevant, and now all of a sudden, here they are, their top 10, top 15 team at the FBS level. We also got Danny Sprinkle joining us about 445. It's our coach's corner. I actually recorded an interview with him a little earlier this week, but the Bobcats, they're at Washington State tonight, their first Division One game in 16 days. So we'll see if the Bobcats can go on the road, spring an upset in Pullman. Also, Grizz game, it's tipping right now. 4 p.m. Dahlberg Arena. Grizz are hosting Dickinson State. Nobody can go, as everybody in the community knows, but this is cool. Gus is going to do a little stringing for us. Ryan's down there at the game, so right at the top of the hour, we're going to give a, uh, give him a call, check in with him, see what's going on. Probably about halftime then. Also, going to talk spring season, if the spring football season is valid. And uh, we're just going to have a bunch of fun. Ty, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Good, man. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming in, man. Tell people, for, I, I think that you've been on the show enough lately that people kind of know what you're up to, but for those that don't, I mean, what have you been up to now? You haven't coached in a little while now. Yeah. You got to be missing it, man. I, I do. There, there's there's certain things I absolutely miss. Uh, there are things that I don't miss at all. Well, I mean, the 80-hour work weeks are probably uh, yeah, not, not it, something that you miss. No, it's, you know, pe- people ask me, I mean, they still ask me, you know, do you miss it? And, and my... My honest answer, and it's it's pretty straightforward. I miss the players. You know, I miss sure. just the, the you know the camaraderie and the relationship of of working with eighteen to twenty three year old guys, the assistant coaches, and the coaching staff, and just having that brotherhood. Uh, I you know I miss the I miss the boys, their families. You know, I always tried to always have nice relationships with their families and and um, get to know them really well. And then ultimately Saturdays, I love Saturdays. You just can't replicate it. You know, I mean, I, I work in a uh, very competitive, uh, get your juices flowing. I mean, it, you know, the, the medical world is crazy. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of competition. I mean, Stryker's a great company. I, I feel very fortunate to work for a great company and a lot of great dudes, a uh, lot, a lot of, a lot of dudes in this state that I either coached or coached against. Right. And, and, uh, and shout out to Tyrone Holmes, a new striker. Hey, cool. So, yeah, it's, we're, it's going to be a global domination here. We're, we're, uh, <laughs> he took a job down, down in Salt Lake. Actually, Good. I thought, I think he had an opportunity here in Montana, but just being younger and single, I think he wanted to kind of be in a little bigger situation, but striker has been awesome. I'm, I'm sure enjoying it. Uh, I, I tell you what though, you know, I, I mentioned Saturdays, I mean, it's kind of like Thanksgiving a couple of weeks ago, like to not, to, you know, to get to enjoy Thanksgiving and, and right. we had both of our families come to Bozeman and, you know, it, it, it uh, to not have that craziness uh, surrounding probably a game the next day or, or right. a, a couple days from then, it, it just, 
life is good. I mean, it's fun to sit and watch football and, you know, I get to watch a lot of football now and I, you know, unfortunately I didn't get to watch much high school ball. That was fun last year. In fact, I think when you and I, I think one of the last times I was on, um, it was right before the state championship. That's game. right. I told, I told you I was going to take, well, I saw you. That's right. Uh, uh, at Butte, yeah, Ranchy Stadium. Yeah, I took Jax, I took Jax and let him mess around with Colts kids uh, all afternoon and in that evening and what a great game, great venue, great crowd. Great game, yeah. I mean, God, right, it was, was a great. great game. It was such a great game, and and Bozeman had a good team. I mean, they they both were great teams, and I felt so bad for Ari at the end. You know, he said sometimes you just can't win them all, and even though we all like to win them all, no question. I know it's one thing we're going to talk about with this being the what is it, eleven year anniversary. Eleven year anniversary. <laughs> so no, but it's been good. Life is good. I get uh, second year in a row. I got to coach uh, Jax's flag football team, and I get to you know never miss dance recitals basically, and I you know. It, it's kind of funny because you know, am I on pick pickup duty tonight or what? You know, <laughs> my kids are, you know, running them around Bozeman is it's interesting in itself. We get, I mean, we go through a monthly schedule and Candace is like, hey, you're here, you're here. It's, <laughs> it's a lot like football. I I I know exactly kind of where right. I'm supposed to be for about thirty days out. So well, you got yourself a good head coach too, right? Uh, <laughs> your wife's got you all lined out. No, no question. And the kids would t- tell you exactly who the boss is <laughs> in the uh, in in the house. So good. Well, I've had so much coffee today, I I almost forgot, but it is a Friday. It's Florence Coffee Company, Florence Coffee Company Break Friday. I already had my Americano this morning, so I'm toning it down a little bit. Got some green tea here. Got Liz drinking a little hot Americano up front. No matter where you're at in Missoula, it's a Friday night. Go get yourself some coffee. You're going to stay up late. I know you got Christmas presents to wrap, maybe some shopping to do. You got to figure it all out before the holiday next week. So have yourself a little Florence Coffee Company. No matter where you're at in Missoula, there's a Florence Coffee Company kiosk near you. Let's get into this because this is something that w- we kind of have a mutual connection. My brother was on the 2009 team, Brooks Nuanas, that went to the national championship game. That was the second straight national championship game for the Grizzlies and, cl- and the third in seven years under Bobby Houck. That was kind of the peak of the run because to the 2008 Grizz team, unbelievable, went undefeated. They had a bunch of pros on that team, including guys like you know Chase Reynolds, Cole Berquist, uh, a bunch of guys that went on to play either in the NFL or the CFL. And uh, they coming into 2009, you know, Mariani, Mark Mariani still there. Uh, but there was just a lot of Montana blue collar guys and, and guys that went on to have great success at the professional level, but not necessarily the uh, the star power. But that was kind of what made that team great. And I think coming in because, you know, Cole had graduated and there were some studs on the defensive side. I think Corey Bierman was maybe two years earlier, but there was a lot of guys that had graduated from the defensive side too, Colt Anderson. Um, but that team... There was some interesting expectations, and those guys proved people wrong all year. I mean, that that team to me, the 2009 Grizz team, they defined a team that refused to lose. I mean, those guys, it didn't matter if they played well, played bad. They were going to figure out a way to win. You were in your seventh year of Montana on that team as well. Uh, so just take us through it. I mean, what do you remember, first of all, just coming into that year? Because it was kind of um, mysterious expectations. You guys are the six-time defending Big Sky champs. You played for the, the national title the year before. But nobody kind of knew who the quarterback was going to be. Then nobody knew. There was a lot of there was a lot of uh, question marks coming into the year, right? Yeah, I mean, and and you said, and maybe maybe I just uh, didn't hear you. It was 2009 that we were undefeated going into the national championship. Right. Oh, oh eight. Oh eight. We, they lost at Weber. We, we lost. Yep. To, we got our butts kicked at Weber. And, right. And it actually might have been one of the best things that happened to us because if right. you look at the end of that season. 
we went on a fantastic run. I mean, we started just knocking people down. It was and, like the ultimate wake-up call, right? Because I think that was the first conference game that Grizz had lost in a couple of years because undefeated well, in conference in 06, yeah. 07. And there was the first conference it, loss to Cam was, Higgins and, yeah. and uh, Tre- Trevin right. Smith. And then, and, we, and then we got revenge on him back right, here. in the playoffs, right? Uh, yeah, it was, it, was our, it was our only big sky loss in Bobby's last four years, right? right. Uh, so what you're saying though is exactly right. I mean, just kind of the unknowns. I, I think we knew we were going to be good. Um, but, but you asked, you know, h- how did it feel? And, and it was such an unsatisfying, you know, to go into that game 14 to no and the run that we went on in the last couple of years there. I mean, I think we were t- uh, 28 and three mm-hmm. with the one loss to Weber in which we, which we got him back up here and, and beat him in, in the playoffs and then two national amp- championship losses. It was a, uh, it was just such a, uh, I was so sad for the kids and, and honestly, all of us, I mean, it was a, you know, the way I remember the game too, and they, they had some really good players and, the, and coach Tally and the, I think was his Andy Tally, right? Was the head yep, coach. Yep. And, Villanova and, was there for like a lifetime basically. I mean, he was there he for was. Like 30 years. He was. And, and, and the, the, the best thing, the, the best and worst thing, the things that I remember is, is they, they ran the ball and we didn't do a good job stopping the run. And Chase Reynolds, who's one of the best running backs in, in that O-line, who was a great O-line, the way I remember it anyway, we couldn't really run the ball. And, and Andrew had to have a, a huge game and, and played really well, the way I remember it. Um, but, that, but that, to me, is what I remember, is, is them being able to run the ball and kind of control the clock on us. I think they had about six and a half, seven more uh, minutes of, of possession time. And it was a tight game. I mean, it was a 23-21, is that right? 23-21, yeah. And a lot of people don't remember. I mean, we were the undefeated team, but I actually th- remember being the underdog in that team, if that sounds right. I think we, they were like a two-point favorite, whatever, you know, whatever Vegas odds were. Uh, you know, but considering we were... Uh, you know what, twenty eight and two in the last two seasons, right. and we were going against Villanova, who no offense to them at all, but I kind of consider a basketball school. Sure, um, we were the underdogs, and it was just it was such a good game, and to to lose it, you know. And, and I've told you, and I've talked a lot about this. I mean, if if we just get one of those three, you know, and and Don Reed will always kind of be the godfather, and, of course, and, and the, fa- the 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 father of of all this, but. You know, Bobby's already the winningest coach in the history of the program. He's the winningest coach in the history of the Big Sky. If we just get that one of those three people, pe- people, in the, I mean, people better hold him in a high regard around here. But he, that that high regard's even more elevated. Of course, if we just if he gets in, and has that one. So I'm rooting for him so hard to get. You know, he came back here for a reason and a purpose, and I uh, I hope that I hope he gets that one at, at some point. Not only was my brother on that team, but that, that group of guys, those guys were all the guys that you know I played high school football with, went to the Shrine game with, all that stuff. And and so, I mean, it's a special place in my heart, too, because those are my best friends in the world, you know, Palmer Twins and Mary Annie and Shan and, and, and Shan Schillinger and all those guys. But that class, too, it's so interesting to analyze Montana football because we've been doing this Grizz Greats Silver Anniversary of the 1995 National Championship podcast series. You can go find it at 1029ESPN.com or search Grizz Greats on your podcasting platform. But 25 episodes remembering the 25th anniversary of that 1995 Grizz team that won the first national championship in school history. And so many of the guys that we've interviewed have been guys that were from Montana, even guys that were even from Missoula because Hellgate was really good in the early 90s. So there was a bunch of Hellgate guys on that team, some Big Sky guys too. But uh, kind of the blueprint of bring guys in, acclimate them to the program, make them want to be Grizz, know what it takes to be a Grizz, and then develop, and then eventually you get your turn. And that's kind of how it was, those 91, 92 recruiting classes. Those guys, they didn't have to really blossom until they were you know, sophomores at the, at the earliest, but mostly juniors and seniors. But I remember 
when you guys brought in this recruiting class from Montana, there I think there was like 24 guys from the state of Montana that were in that recruiting class. And I believe every single guy redshirted. There was no guy that played early. And I think a part of that, because most of them were developmental guys, but you look at that class, I mean, Dan Bowden, when he came in here, he's a six-man football player from Knox and who was, you know, 6'5", 190, and then all of a sudden by year three, he's about 6'5", 250. But on down the line, I mean, Mariani was a walk-on. Chase Reynolds was a walk-on. Stephen Failer might have got a couple bucks, but not really, you know, just from right down in Frenchtown. But across the board, both sides, almost every single one of those guys in that class were from Montana, and they redshirted together, and that was kind of the culmination of it all. Fifth-year seniors, because hardly anybody quit either, right? right. Almost every single guy made it to the end. So that element, I mean, that seems so rare now, even though that was only 11 years ago. How influential was that, the fact that there was all these guys that stuck it out together and were a part of the program for five years? No, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And, and, and again, that's that other than some of the stats I ripped off and just not, uh, you know, us not being able to stop the run. And that, that's what I remember, though, is seeing those fifth year seniors, the Sean Lebsox, the, the Brandon Fishers. And, the, you know, the, of course, we got to mention Fish and, and Lebsox. Well, yeah, yeah, both I mean, those guys all were those great guys were, and They're such good dudes and it's so fun to stay in touch with them and, 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 and you know, find out what they're doing and just kind of see what they're doing in their lives. And so many of those guys have gone on and been successful. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to coach so many great young men here and you, you sit there and you, you knew they were great uh, football players and they were becoming great football players and to answer your question I mean you know you rip off the, the list of the great ones that, mm-hmm. that play here in Missoula. Yep. Most of them are from Montana. Almost, and, yep. I mean, truly. I mean, you, you can name the Trumaine Johnsons and whatever, but a lot of our greats are Montana born and bred. And and, and Bobby puts a lot of stock in that. You know, I think just him, he, he's got a, a real passion and, um, you know, he's just, th- this is home to him. He went to school here. His brother was a, turned himself into no one doubt. of the great players uh, in the history of the conference and obviously the school. Um, you know, so this is home. I mean, I, I don't know what Bobby's plan is, but you know, he, he's hired a really experienced, uh, coaching staff. I believe I mean, they are the most experienced I mean, coaching staff in the United States Maybe of America. Ever. I mean, there, there is a lot of, I mean, uh, how many, how many guys, how many guys right now in college football can say that they have been gainfully employed at the division one level since 1977? I mean, Kent Bear has been a college football coach since some of the before we were alive. Right. No, I know. And, you know, Coach Bear actually recruited me, and it, it was so fun to catch up with him uh, a little bit after the Weber State uh, game a couple years ago. And and um, but you, yeah, I mean, you go down the board. I mean, some of these dudes have, have coached. I mean, this is the best venue in, in, at the FCS level. Some of these guys have coached and played in the in the highest. Uh, at, at, at not just the FBS level, but in the NFL. I mean, no r- question. R- I saw Rosie's dang uh, football. football card how about that? I found I, that I, I in my uncle's like, garage. How I good is that? Oh my gosh, this is Rosie. Um, no, I mean it's it's a very experienced staff. They do a great job in the weight room, and you know that new facility they they built obviously was a long time coming. I was uh, it was it was a bummer not to you know trying to help get it, and then have them put it in after I left. I mean I I still haven't uh, been in it, but boy I've sure seen the pictures, and that stuff only helps. And and these guys want to be Grizz. I mean just just seeing the number of Missoula kids, right? And a, another shout out to Dane Oliver. I mean no doubt. I, un- I listened to. I listened to your show with him, and I mean, I, I've been here, you know, I've been in Montana since 03, mm-hmm. and I remember how bad Sentinel was at one point. Oh, boy. You know, before he took over, and what he's done, again, that's another guy, kind of from that era. I know he wasn't on those last couple teams. Sure, but he, was, he played but for Bobby Earl. era, you know, and uh, man, to, to, to start taking this many guys from Missoula, 
and again, I know a lot of them are developmental type players, and I know that Bobby and 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 and, and uh, Jeff had to probably be extremely creative with scholarship money this year, but these guys will develop them, and and not everyone will, you know, not everyone's going to be those guys we're talking about. They're not, sure. gonna, you know, they're not going to be Mark Marion. They're not going to be Colt. They're not going to be some of these dudes. But man, if if one or you know one out of three or two out of two out of four or five can become real dudes that can help you go compete for a championship, Montana. Montanans want to see Montana boys on the field. It's true, and and these guys grow up wanting to play for the, for the Grizz or the Cats, and they've had an, a dad, an uncle, a grandpa. It means a lot to them, mm-hmm. you know. More, and I, I, I mean, I got to play at Colorado. I've, I've got to coach at Washington. I actually coached for eighteen years, not fifteen years. It was fifteen years in the Big Sky. Right, right, right. Uh, but th- this place is just special in that regard. These sure. guys, these guys, they grow up uh, wanting to be a part of this, and 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 to walk off that field eleven years ago. I didn't know that was. The, the the date the 11 year anniversary to walk off the field and just see their faces and we had another rough trip home I don't know if you I don't know if you were there or heard about it but but every time we went to the national championship we had some kind of a weather issue or a flight issue or <laughs> yeah I mean it just it was it was just salt in the wound and I I just uh, and, and I know you had Brock on um, recently I'll, yep. I'll never forget and Brock has said it and he said it multiple times Brock Coyle yeah, yeah to to think that I got to experience you know this greatness I get to walk into this fantastic football team and go compete for a national championship in year one and then never go back. And oh, by the way, they've never been back in right. 11 years. I just don't think most people would have thought that, especially, you know, the the magic in the in the run that we had there in the 2000s. I mean, well, it was Boise State, Oklahoma, and us, right, in terms of number of wins. That's it. And so, uh, and obviously that, that was our decade, m- minus the fact that, you know, Bob, uh, Coach Houck didn't get one, even though J- uh, Coach Glenn did. But then this last decade, we all know whose decade this has been. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, and that one doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon. So, uh no, I mean it's these guys. These I, I, it's so cool for me to see all the Montana boys that, that are getting opportunities to go play at both the school, you know, both the big schools here in the state. And um, you know, Mon, like I said, Montanans want to see Montana boys on the field, and they're going to get to see a lot of them. No question. Two tail to one is minus the two tail. He's down at Dahlberg Arena. We're going to be talking to him about forty minutes. Get a little halftime update from the Grizz game against Dickinson State men. Grizz coming off that great win in Seattle late night Wednesday night. Pac twelve after dark. Travis DeKeer went and got himself one in his home city, 66-58 over the Huskies. Huge win for Montana, but they're hosting Dickinson State right now. Gus Tutel's down there, so we'll uh, give him a call about 40 minutes. But Ty Gregorak's joining me. Coulter is in studio, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. And Coach, I want to ask you about just the actual developmental tactics that Coach Houck used and that you guys used in the, back in those days, too. I mean, I'm looking at the just the defensive tackle sheet from that national championship game, and we mentioned all these guys, but then, I mean, I even left out guys like Austin Mullins and George Mercer. I mean, you're talking about all this. Every single one of these guys were either walk-ons or partial scholarship guys coming in, and they all became multiple-year starters, all big first-team all-big-sky-type guys. And it seemed like the the – uh, some of the parts was always greater than the parts, but those guys all just sold out for each other, particularly on defense. No, they worked. I mean, that that that's the thing is, and there was some tough love about it too. Like when you came in the program, it wasn't just all hunky dory. You're you're a grizz, you know. There was some right. tough. Like they took they took you in, but they. The way you I had remember, to prove you belonged, you, right? You really did. And, and I that, mean, it was it was even like that with our friends, right? Like it was like even totally. if you wanted to hang out with these guys, it was like you had to go through the ringer a little bit. Yeah, and 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 I kind of I kind of saw it maybe starting to go a little bit on my way out. You know the, the you know our big our big massive O lines that we used to have that were just oh, nasty. Man. I mean, nasty. You know the the Dola and, and and you know they 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 wanted to kill you, and 
That was awesome. But but you needed that. No, yeah, seriously. Right, you needed right. you needed those and they were you know, they were just big and nasty and, and uh you know, I they're they're gonna get back to it. I, I know that. I just um you could just kind of see and, and I had the luxury actually because I got to you know, I, I finished my last game with the Grizz there in that decade was the national championship. Right. And then I left for a year, but then I got to come back sure. under a whole new regime. And, right. you know, and, and I got to come back for, for Coach Flew's second year in which we made a heck of a run that right, year as well. Right, all the way to the semis, yep. And then, and then, and then you know, then we went through the, the, the three years with Coach Delaney and then my last year with Coach Stitt. And, um, you know, like, like, like Brock said, to think that that would be his last time getting to go compete at that level and and really the you know the way the program has gone and, and I mean again they, they made the quarterfinals this year I mean they they but they've done a great job they're a good football team sure um, but the, that was just a and it's hard to say dominant because you know dominant programs the big time programs are based off championships sure and and you know we we had one in that uh, we had one in that era but we played in four right, right. That, that in that in that decade even and, five because two thousand as well exactly okay so right. five so five, half of half the decade of yeah. It, yeah. Um, it's just too bad that, that uh, we didn't get one or two more. When it comes to the practice perspective, though, I mean, what does Coach Houck do so well that gets guys to develop? Because, I mean, when you watch his practices, it's so funny for me, too, now, with him being back. Like, fall camp, you go down there, the first 45 minutes of practice looks exactly like it did in 2003. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's the same. Yeah, no, he's, he's uh, you know, and, I, and I've said I've said this about both coaches. I mean, they, they're they're ball coaches, right? I mean, Co- Coach Houck and Coach Choate, I mean, ha- having to to get to work with both of them. They're, they're football coaches. They love football. They love working with young men. And Great fits for Montana, too, right? I, I mean, think so. Both guys. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think so. And, and, and uh, you know, the rivalry is already the best rivalry in, in the world um, and, 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 and will be even more so. And I know that this side of the state's hungry to, to, to stop the, the streak of four. But, you know, Bobby has a system. He's got, in his mind, he's got something that's worked. Um, you know, I know, I know UNLV was tough, but UNLV was tough for John Robinson, who's a Hall of Fame <laughs> right. college football coach. So, uh, y- you know, it's just one of those jobs. It's, you know, it's like seeing some of these guys getting whacked uh, this year. You know, you're telling me Matt Patricia, Patricia's not a good football coach. He's a good football coach, but, you know, he goes to the Detroit Lions, right? It's not going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Bobby's got a plan. He's got a, he's got a system. I know, I know that system's probably been tweaked over the years. I, mean, sure. I, I haven't worked with the guy since 2010, the, the spring of 2010. Um, I'm I'm assuming there's there's some evolution. Um, he's got some some wily old vets on his staff that are you know might say, hey, Coach Hawk, maybe we should try this. I, I don't know, but I know that he's got a vision of what how he wants to run his program, and that he made that very clear when he got here. And he was a first time head coach, and I think just you know becoming a head coach, you. You know, and maybe UNLV was good for him. I, you know, I again, sure. I, I, you know, I, we we stay in touch. Sure. Uh, I, you know, I never got to be a head coach, but I mean, it, it, it it's been fun to watch him and his evolution. I think as a head coach, no I mean, question, it, it'd be cool. You know, I, I got to go to the Weaver game a couple years ago. It'd be fun for me to go watch practice and meetings and just mm-hmm. see how much of it is truly the same, similar, yeah. or maybe different. It's the to, to me when I observe it. They, they've evolved so much schematically, and I think I mean, well, defensively, I mean, it's defensively, night, night it's night and day. It's, no, it's yeah, yeah, it's nothing close to what the, this. I mean, you guys were running just basically base defense, four, letting four, everybody. Four, yeah, four, four, three, heavy quarters, some right. cover two, some man free, hardly ever blitzing. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say yes. I mean, it just depends if we're talking about Coach Paul. We actually blitz more than I think Paulson probably gets credit for. Sure, because because before Craig was. 
uh, Mike Bresky and after Craig was Mike Bresky. And so everybody thinks that one was so heavy blitz and one wasn't, you know, I think, I think having a, a good balance of both is, is probably a good thing, but, but coach bears defense is just so dramatically different from what it, it was prior. I mean, totally. including me, I mean, right. I mean, I, it, right. I mean, I, I was, I was here and, uh, you know, then, then, then Seymour's deal and then coach bear. So yeah, it is dramatically different from, from what it's been. Well, and they've been playing good D, though. They've been, they been playing good D. It, it matches up with what they're doing on offense, too. I mean, I think it's it's 42 because we've had Rob Fennessy on this show multiple times, and he said, hey, people forgot. And when I got hired from Cal State Northridge, we were running the spread, and we were throwing the ball all over the place. And Coach Alk told me that's what we were going to do. And then all of a sudden, we recruited calling down J.D. Quinn and Lex Hurd and Chase Reynolds. And so we decided, okay, well, we're actually just going to run the ball straight down people's throats. And now you watch what they're doing, and they're just, I mean, they were averaging fifty a game until Dalton C got hurt last year. I mean, they're oh. just they're just running it up on people no, offensively. Was, yeah, it was uh, they, they 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 were really fun to watch. I mean, I d- I did get to coach against Dalton, and you know he's one of those. It's kind of it's kind of like walking off the the field against you know Dakota Prucup or Vernon. You know, you, you you win, and so you're thrilled that you win, but you're rubbing your temples like, good lord, I mean, right? I mean, I remember I remember Prucup. You know, I mean, like Caleb. Uh, uh, you know, ha- like literally, ha- you know, like was like had him, and he'd slip out and throw, you know, throw a thirty-yard touchdown, and actually made made it a little closer game than I than it should have been there yeah. in, in fifteen. Yeah. But you, there's certain players in Dalton State. I mean, I, again, I didn't. Uh, uh, I only coached against him, I think, the one time. But just a good player, just a good tough quarterback, the kind you want playing quarterback for you for sure. No question. A lot of memories. We're going to get into some more memories here soon. Ty Gregory joining me. Coulter Nuana's in studio. It is Tutel Nuana's 129 ESPN Missoula. Back in 2013, a team called the Chanticleers came to Missoula. It was the coldest day in Washington Grizzly Stadium history. Somehow they pulled one of the great upsets in the history of Washington Grizzly Stadium. And now they're in the FBS and they're ranked. Back after this. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Man, how fun was that night? It was awesome. That was awesome. So Candace and I were actually up front, and Candace looked at me and says, "Now we're leaving, or not, not leaving, but I mean, it was getting hot. I mean, it was, and I felt bad because I'm I'm a big dude, and I'm, I've got her like in front of me, and I'm trying to protect her from. Yeah, no, we 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 scooted off into the side a little bit because uh, the corn still brings it pretty good. 
yes, it's awesome. Yes, they do. When we, when we could actually go to concerts and have God. fun like that. I mean, good lord, how crazy is that? That was only in February. That February. seemed that right seemed before like the shutdown. that seemed like uh, a lifetime ago, and totally. yesterday all at the same time. No, I remember hooking up with you guys at at, at uh, the PB and walking over and breaking Benjamin was good too. That guy scares me. I'm not gonna lie. He looks. <laughs> he, he looks like. He looks like Colin Dow, like just <laughs> blah, into the into the into the microphone. Blah, I was I was a little concerned, but it's amazing that 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 moment in time is is unforgettable because I just I don't think that there's any other time that we've ever experienced where that dark of music could ever become actually like mainstream popular totally. like they, it was. It, it, you know, and I, I like a lot of different genres of music, but Corn, for as hard as they are, they did make it mainstream. I mean, it, I mean, my kid, my kid's five, and in, in, in coming undone, I told you this on the show. I mean, he loves it. He lo- and I love him for it. He's a savage. Ty Gregory, joining me, Coulter Nuan is in Studio 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide, SWX Montana Television. If you want to listen live, go to 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab, live stream. Presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Want to give us a call? 361-3688. That's 361-3688. Live update for you from Dahlberg Arena. The Grizzlies playing Dickinson State right now. They're coming off of a great win over Washington, but Dickinson State hanging tough, 31-26. Five minutes to go in the first half for the Grizzlies. Gus Tutel will be joining us about the top of the hour give us a live update on what's going down at Dahlberg Arena. But uh, this young Grizz team continues to work through some stuff. Definitely some confidence coming out of their great win against the University of Washington. But uh, still working on the rotation. And I knew Dickinson would give them a game because Dickinson, they got Montana guys. Uh, they, they got a lot of. They'll, they'll take a lot of pride in this game, and of course, Derek Selvig, former Grizz uh, Hooper, he's he's the head coach now at Dickinson State. Ty, let's talk a little bit more memories. 2013, the mm. playoffs. This was an interesting one because that Grizz team, first of all, um, there were so many great teams in the 2000s and into the 2010s as well. But just in terms of the individual talent on that team, that was definitely one of the best. And you're talking Brock Coyle and Jordy Tripp senior years. Both those guys ended up having great NFL careers. Zach Wagman was on that team as well. If not for an injury, he probably would have been a longtime pro as well. I mean, Tyron Holmes is a young buck on that team. He goes on to play in the league as well. Um, And just on down the line, I mean, there were so many great players on that team. But that team... Goes ten and two in the regular season, gets a playoff seat, hosts a playoff game, and then this upstart team from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, who'd been Division One for I mean less than a decade. I'd never even heard of Coastal Carolina before they were coming here. They come up to Missoula and they and they post one actually one of the great upsets in the history of the stadium. But when you guys were preparing for them, I mean, what sort of intel did you have? Did you have any idea what Coastal Carolina even was? Or no, and there's, and no, no one could have ever predicted what they would become. No, we, what we knew about them was their coach was the what was it, TD Ameritrade, you know, billionaire, right? Yeah. I mean, he was worth, I don't even remember what he's worth, uh, but we knew they were tough. I mean, the, the running back, and you just told me about the running back. Uh, yeah, Lorenzo Talaferro, rest in peace. He abruptly passed away earlier this week, 28 years old. Just found, yeah, just found really dead sad. in his apartment. Crazy. He was a really good player, and their quarterback did a great job. All I remember, but, uh, you already mentioned that it was freezing cold. It was clear, but a cold day, and... Um, we just played so badly on defense in the first half. We, we played a really poor half of football. It, start, it started on, I think, their first drive. We got them to like a third and two or third and three, and I, they went up top over, I want to say it was Josh or Nate. I can't remember. Yeah, but they scored yeah. on a third down, and it just, I mean, I think we gave up four touchdowns in the first half and then came out and played a very good second half, but it was just too little too late, the way I, the way I remember it. I mean, it, it wasn't a... It, it was too bad because, you know, you get... 
you get a team, especially all the way from the East Coast, Southeast, you know, considering where they're from, and, and they get to come play in the coldest day in, in ever, ever. In Negative green. eight degrees and, before and, the wind chill. And even, even if it's 40 degrees and sunny and nice, you get home playoff games you're expected to win. Right, I mean, uh, and and that had been the, such the trend too with warm weather teams, totally. right? I mean, all the way back to Georgia Southern in yeah. the in the early '90s, all yeah. the way through. It seemed like any time a team from the South came up here, it was we screwed it up. Yeah. We, we we screwed we screwed it up, and and, uh, and 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 sadly because, you know, if you really so so the 2012 was was a tough year, and it was the first year we had a losing season in, in forever, and didn't make the playoffs, and the coaching change, and all the black cloud, it, but then we come back and have a really good season. We had a really nice team and a good season right. in 13, and, and and I think Delaney's tenure is kind of overshadowed, like we had some good teams, even For sure. four, even 14, we were a, a solid Pretty football good. team. And that team won a playoff yeah, we won, we, we yeah. won, we beat, what was it, San Diego in the, uh-huh, yeah, San Diego, we came and, out and in the second to, And then one played a, one of the great Eastern teams. Yeah, they were outside. good. They were, but it, it, it was just a, uh, we screwed it up. We didn't play very good defense in the first half. I, I the way I remember it, we 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 uh, buckled down pretty good in the second half. But uh, and then yeah, to think you know, and again, I get to be a football fan now, so I get to watch a lot of this stuff. Right, they're a top ten team right now. I know, which is which is crazy. I mean, they're the the uh, the way they've come on the scene and, and the way they're playing football, it's pretty awesome to see. It is. And, and you wonder, I mean, where they'd be in the national mix if it wasn't for the pandemic and some teams sitting out, but that's here nor there. Yep. What, what is your perspective, though, on FCS teams moving up? Because we've seen it happen throughout the years. Georgia Southern has made it work. They've been okay. They've been kind of competitive. App State, too. But you're in a, a league that's that's it's stuck not it, it's stuck on the outside looking into the party, right? I mean, the, the Sun Belt champion is never going to get invited to the college football playoff in the way that it is currently set up. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I mean, the other more the the biggest model out west for the transition to a certain extent, Nevada, but mostly Boise State is is the biggest example of how you can have success. But Coastal Carolina is showing, like, hey, I mean, Coastal Carolina is not a big school. I think mm-hmm. it's right on par right now in enrollment with Montana State. You know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand students. Mm-hmm. And no real football tradition to speak of until yeah. lately. They're a brand new team. They're a brand new team. Re- relatively new. Right. But, I mean, wh- wh- what do you think of this? Because I, 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 Gus Tutel and I have argued about this ad nauseum. He loves his Tuesday night maction. He loves all the levels of football. And my whole thing is, if you're just a middle-of-the-road team in the MAC, what are you playing for? Yeah. What are you playing for? I would rather, if me, from an athlete's mindset or a coach's mindset, if I was a coach, I, I would rather play for – a national championship, either at the highest level in the Power Five or at yeah. the highest level of the FCS, it just seems like these group of fives are just stuck in the middle. Yeah, I think. I mean, it, a couple things there. Even pro 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 pre COVID, if you turn on one of those games, like for it, for for us as football fans, it's fun to have a Tuesday nighter. I mean, COVID's been kind of fun that way because there's almost football on every, every night. night. Right. Uh, I feel like the NFL's five days right. a week now. But but you know, you watch you watch a Bowling Green on a Tuesday night and there's no one in the stands. Right. Like, I mean, it, it, now, that wouldn't, would that happen in our state? No, They're, the stands would be full. Sure. But I think what, I think you and I agree on this. There's absolutely no way I would ever support what, what these, these schools moving up. And Oh, by the way, moving up where Mount, right. Mountain West right. or, or creating a new whack. What if they could get into the Mountain West? <laughs> okay. You have to financially back it. Right, and that we're, and we're t- it took years to get the champion center. Right, right, right. right I right. mean, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on up the road, but it, do they have a good training table or a nutrition? I don't know. And, and they this, have a little bit of a start, but it's it's nowhere close to what sure. you've got at the, you know Boise State or San Diego State. But these are but these are real conversations, right. and it's a lot of money to do so. Right. And so all I'm saying is. 
It, Mo- Montana's got a great situation. Montana State's got a great... They're at a, the perfect level in my mind. Right. Um, has it been done before? Yes. Boise... Awesome. I mean, they, they've done a great job. They got so the much. Of, yeah. I so mean. much of it's a confluence of events, though, right? Because no one could have ever predicted when Boise made the move in the early '90s that Boise would become a 750,000 person city. I mean, I think Boise totally is like the what? I think it's the third well, there's, largest there's city over a in the million Northwest. in the valley. I right. Mean, there's a million people down there. There's exactly. a million people in our whole state. Right. Just over. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, again, I think it's a financial thing, a big financial thing, huge. Um, and I think both these schools are in the right place. I mean, this this is. You know, Montana State, I mean, Montana State hasn't been an FCS program for I mean, a long a long time now, but, you know, they, they've had to move up from NAIA to, sure. to Division II, right. to FCS, and right. I just don't see it. it, it is what Coastal Carolina is doing, it's pretty special, no question. Sure. But, um, you know, App State, I mean, App State was it at our level. Just no question. NDSU is right now. I mean, it, like, to me, and I, mostly because of the financial reasons, NDSU would almost make sense a little bit. But maybe well, mostly because I think they'd go beat everyone in the MAC, and I think they'd probably compete right now with a good chunk of the Big Ten. They I really would. do. They would with, with with the athletes they're getting, the the financial backing, the the cost of attendance, the the the, the meal plans. I mean, listen, they got a good thing going. But if I was them, I'd absolutely not move up. Right. I'd stay right where I'm at. And, and, and let our boys come compete for championships every year. And the thing about a, a school like App State in Boone, North Carolina, or a school like Coastal Carolina in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, when you move up, now you have such a gigantic recruiting base where you were had a bunch of guys that you might be recruiting that said, no, I don't want to go there because you're FCS. Now you're FBS. So now you, you, you get yourself in the mix, even if they're not that much better of players. The thing that I think would hold the Montana schools back so much, besides the money, because the money is actually the real thing. When people say, well, how does Wyoming do it? Wyoming has a bigger football budget than Montana has an athletic department budget. Exactly. I mean, Wyoming's football budget, I think, is in the low 30 millions. Montana's entire athletic budget is in the low 20 millions. Yeah. Same at Montana State. And the state subsidization is very small. That's the other thing is the state, Wyoming has so much money because of natural resources, particularly oil. So they feed the state Institution, which there's only one, by the way, as well. Right. That's a huge advantage too. Totally. But they they feed the, the the institutions and they can subsidize football at a much higher level. These two schools here are the least subsidized schools, almost in the entire Western United States, and absolutely certainly in the Big Sky. I mean, Montana, Montana State are only getting about 35 percent of their athletic budget from state money. Yeah. They're get, making the rest at the gate. But the other thing, though, is here's my thought in terms of the actual just players. You have so many guys that come out of the state of Montana that when they're coming out. Who knows if they're even big sky level players, but that can become even NFL caliber players, but you're completely cutting your legs off in that element. Because how many guys are you going to give a Mountain West scholarship to that are from Scobie, Montana? You can't have this. I mean, that's where Bobby Houck is so brilliant. And Jeff Choda has been doing a pretty good job of this too now that he's figured out the the equivalency thing of of the FCS. But Coach Houck, I mean, he... I remember when I was in high, when I, my senior year of high school, he said, "Hey, Kevin Claybo, Austin Mullins, the two defensive players of the year in the state of Montana. You guys are splitting a scholarship. Whoever accelerates faster, you get that'll be the first one to earn a full ride. Right? Yeah. You're getting two of the best guys in the state for one scholarship, and it's on down the line. Right? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Coach Out got all five Sentinel guys for the price of about two. Totally. You know, but but you can't do that if you're at the FBS no. level now. Now you can't split scholarships, no. and all of a sudden you're killing your in-state recruiting base, and you're maybe even killing your fan base. Yeah, we we talked about it at the beginning of this deal. Montanans want to see Montana boys on the football right. field. And most Montana kids, absolutely no offense, most are not division uh, uh, 
FBS or even group of five players. They're just not. Right. And that is not. And, that, and they could be by the time they're their sure, fourth or fifth year. Sure. But that's the whole point is you wouldn't take the risk to try developing them right. if they're not on half scholarships. Right. No, I mean, we, we, we're, you're talking, I mean, the Matt Millers and the Disleys. Right. And, he, you know, even the Brock and Jordans. And you can go down the list of guys that, that did or could have maybe played at that next level. But a lot of these kids are right where they should be at FCS or in the frontier. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. And and uh, and saying that, and I and I know I know the fan base would probably be maybe split on it. You know, do we do we have to go recruit out of state kids if we're going to be playing in in a MAC type league? I don't know. I just I personally I don't see it. I love where these schools are at. You know, and let's get back to. You know, especially here in Missoula, let's get back to competing for those championships sure. every year. Sure. And, and, and that, that's when life around Missoula is really, really fun. When you're winning Big Sky Championships and you're going to playoff games and you're competing for national championships and you're doing it with Montana kids. That's when life, right? I mean, that was, in my mind, that's when this place was at, at its peak. When you're competing for these championships every year and you're doing it from boys with set, from Sentinel and exactly. Helena. Exactly. And, 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 and Cole Strip. And I mean, that's when we were at our heyday. Last thing on this, you live in Bozeman now. Yes, sir. You can see the upward acceleration of that entire community from the campus all the way down through everything. I mean, it's growing. It's crazy. I, I, I only make it, I usually go back there every other weekend to cover some sort of sport, but since we haven't had any sports, I've only gone back about once a month to go see my family over there. Uh, this, this is last nine months, but even when I just am away for a month, I'll see all sorts of new businesses and, and new different things. But what if Bozeman's the next Boise? Does that change the answer to no, this question? No, it doesn't. Because it, could, could it be like, I actually made the comment uh, at an ugly sweater party on Friday night. <laughs> what, I won't be around. Most of us, my kids won't be around. What's Bozeman going to look like in 100 years? Oh, my I mean, gosh. It, it, it's just, because what you're saying, I mean, that whole area, though, I mean, the word is definitely out. I mean, it's, I live in a newer development. And man, there's a lot of Californians and people from Seattle, and I get it. Like if I'm them, and I can work remotely, I'm moving to Montana too. Right, and I am for and sure. And I've, I've I've told you this. I mean, if if we continue to populate and reproduce the way we're doing, where are people going to go? I mean, it's going to be Montana and Wyoming and Idaho and the Dakotas because unless we're starting to inhabitate Mars. These cities are just—it's crazy. I mean, I love Seattle. Seattle's my favorite city in the world. But you go there now, and you're like, eh, I'm gonna—you know—I'm gonna jerk the wheel into a, you know what, bridge embankment <laughs> if I gotta sit in traffic anymore. You know, so I—I I just don't see it again. Now, I mean, the—you know—Bozeman's finally building a facility. I mean, you talk right. about long overdue. Right. I mean, it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's funny with these two programs, and I've been watching it since '03. Right. We're gonna put in an Enzo. We'll do right. it too. Right. We're gonna right. put in lights. Let's right. put in some lights. Right. You know. Right. I mean, it's right. just right. We, we've got this new facility. Well, you know what? We should do that too. Well, that's the other part about it too. I mean, Brian Fisher worked at Montana State for a long time. He used to always. He always, we used to always have an inside joke. You know, he said, "There's so many great boosters in Montana that love the the sports." But like he used to always say, there's a huge difference between quote unquote Montana rich and actually rich. Totally. You know, I mean, there's all sorts of guys that would happily write a $5,000 check. You need a bunch of guys that can write $5 million yeah. checks. Montana's had a couple. Montana yeah. State's had very few. Now the Montana State's getting a few more. But I mean, yeah, it's that, different. that's where Coastal Carolina's at, right? They can right. go get a couple guys, probably the old coach, Joe Mowgli. I bet <laughs> so, you he probably just wrote him a million dollar check right yeah, on the way out the or door. More. Right. No doubt. Live update for you from Dahlberg Arena, 41-33. The Grizz lead at halftime. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to switch things around a little bit. We're going to have Danny Sprinkle on at the top of the hour, Montana State heads Ben's basketball coach. But instead, we'll take a little short break. 
We're going to give Gus Tutel a call, get a little live update for what's going on down at Dahlberg Arena. Hey, sports are back, and the Silver Slipper has 55 TVs for you to watch them on, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, or this Grizz game right here. Silver Slipper has it on for you. Drink specials every day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, pizza, Nowhere else you'd rather be watching your favorite team at the Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Silver Slipper, one of Montana's best-kept secrets across the street from Walmart on Brooks. Check out their daily drink specials and up-to-date info on Facebook today. Ryan Tutel, give us a little live update on the Grizz game right after this. Connections are what bring us together, whether halfway around the world or in the office next door. Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next-generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always-on connections. From SD-WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406-541-5000 to learn more. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Well, to 90 ESPN Missoula, Coulter Nuanez, Ty Gregorak, broadcasting to you live. We're efforting Ryan Tutel. He's at the Grizz game. I think he just ignored us, but uh, he'll be back. Reese is going to keep giving it a good effort. Montana up 41-33 at the break over Dickinson State. Grizz are coming off that nice win at the University of Washington on Wednesday night. Dickinson State, by the way, coached by Glendive Product, Glendive Native. And Montana basketball legacy guy, Derek Selvig, he played for the Grizzlies. He was a great player for the Grizzlies, as well as, uh, obviously, a pretty famous name in the state of Montana, the nephew of Robin Selvig. His dad, Doug Selvig, was a great coach in Montana as well. And they obviously have their great family legacy with Robin Selvig with the Lady Grizz and a variety of of Selvig ladies that uh, helped carry that program. But uh, Montana, they're just trying to get their feet underneath them before they go on the road and play at Arizona Again, and on that note, we go down to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in. The swan song continues. You're supposed to be gone last week. I booked the whole show this week, and then you have your last show yesterday. We cried and belly ached, and now here you are back. You're sitting there at Dahlberg Arena. Man, what's, what's you, going what, on? What a deal! Well, a live sporting event is what's going on, and I'm very, very happy about this, and happy to be back on. And I actually the call twice, not knowing that it was actually the radio station calling. That's how checked out I am. So, you know, that's, that's, that's where we're at at this point. But, yeah, halftime here at Dahlberg Arena. The Grizzlies are up 8, 41-33 over Dickinson State. Dickinson State in NAIA school. Montana was up big, like 27-11 early. And then Dickinson State went on a 15-2 run in the middle of the first half, close to three points. But the Grizzlies extended it back out. They're now up 8 at the break. Josh Bannon, eight rebounds in the first half. He was all over the glass, played a great game offensively uh, for the Montana Grizzlies, especially on the, on the boards, as I mentioned. And Robbie Beasley getting his first action as a Montana Grizzly, uh, getting in the in the act, got a bucket in there as well, and looks, uh, looks good in his first minutes uh, at the Division One level. Give us a scout on Beasley, because that's a guy a lot of people were excited about. Uh, three-star recruit. Uh, he had offers from not just Mountain West schools, but some of the premier Mountain West schools. He had to offer from Nevada, San Diego State. And so that was a good get for Montana. This is his first action. I think that was the guy 
more than even Josh Bannon, more than even Brandon Whitney, the Grizz fans kind of expected to play early as a true freshman. What's his game like? What's the scout on him? Well, I'll tell you what. He only played, you know, a handful of minutes. He did not start in this game. Came off the bench. Got a little. Got a few runs. I think he just kind of toes in the water. But if you talk about, you know, looked apart, he definitely does. I mean, as as far as you know, we've both been impressed, right, with Brandon Whitney and his ability to move and his his flashing skill. But you also see he's undersized. He, you know, he's he's a good athlete. I don't know if he's a great athlete. Josh Bannon, on the other hand, he's like. You know, Chris White, where he comes in, he's like nine, you know, six nine Australian guy, and and is a very good player, but also, you know, he's kind of got that Australian sort of oddness to him. Robbie Beasley looks like a straight up Division One level sort of guard, man. When you talk about his body, his his physicality, and as a freshman, I mean, this dude is ripped. He's strong, muscular guy. And uh, his movements on the floor, are very, like you notice him right away. I guess is the way to say it. I mean, on a Division One floor as an 18-year-old kid, impressive uh, to watch. Now he played what five minutes in his whole career. I'm not sure. Didn't hear you know making any pronouncements, but you understand why Montana and and the coaching staff is high on that guy. Right, two told Jonas on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Coach Ty, you been following any hoops? Uh, not much. I mean, I I, 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 I follow more. <laughs> Uh, dumb things that Kyrie Irving says. Ooh, and that's always entertaining. James Harden holding everyone hostage. I, I, I haven't really followed Gonzaga basketball. Yeah, I mean they 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 played on Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving. My 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 family was over, so everything's Gonzaga basketball. So of course we had to watch that. But no, I haven't watched a ton. I'm I'm in full football mode, man. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm that guy that you know on Sundays. I am sitting and eating Doritos and <laughs> watching ball, and it's so fun. So fun. Gus, tell us this. You and I watched the uh, the Washington game, cover the Washington game on Wednesday night. Do you, what, what sort of carryover do you see from that? I mean, do the, were, the, were the Grizz, did they have a hangover from the Washington game, or do you see some of the same positives from that win, or where are you at just with this young team as they try to mesh and find their chemistry? Well, you know, Montana opened up hot, and they, they played, you know, they, they opened up a very big league, 17, 18 points early in this basketball game. Uh, and it was sort of the thing where all of a sudden the small fish becomes the big fish when you're playing now at NAI school at Dickens State instead of a Georgia or even a Washington, even though they won that game. And, you know, oftentimes the team that's favored or the team that's more talented gets out to a lead and then kind of takes their foot off the gas. And that's what it felt like Montana did. And Dickinson State came out and got after him. And obviously Derek Selvick, the head coach of Dickinson State, a former Grizzly, he was on the assistant coaching staff with Montana that beat Montana in this building last year. So he's he comes in and he certainly has instilled confidence into his team about coming in here and playing this team. And they showed it. But I thought Montana got a little lethargic kind of in the middle of that half they extended that lead back out they look good i don't think they look sort of you know like there's a hangover from the win or something like that i think more they felt like okay we got this thing in the bag almost like hey this is yellowstone christian again but it's not it's a very good basketball team they have some real talented players you know that they can really shoot it they got some very good athletes uh, for their level and so this is not like you know a varsity versus junior varsity kind of deal even though montana should certainly win this basketball game ultimately, but they definitely need to pay attention and uh, and keep working. But it can't just be a live practice. I think Montana has to appreciate the fact this is a real basketball game to play today. 
Well, guess we're not going to say forever, but we are going to say for now. This is your last chance to give a take on Tutel and Nuanas before it becomes a different show in this calendar year. I know we're going to have you back for some NFL stuff after the new year. A little tease, and I'm putting your feet to the fire on that one. But give us one last take. Tell us whatever you want to tell us before we get out of the top of the hour here. Well, one last take. It's glorious to be back in a building where there's actually a live basketball game, even without the fans. It's sort of bizarre to watch a free throw happen when there's absolutely, I mean, truly <laughs> silence. It's, a, it's sort of unbelievable, but a couple of takes for you. First of all, the way I feel when I'm teaching my children uh, 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 math at the kiddie table at their school or in my house at their little human desk, that's the way Derek Selvig looks sitting in an actual adult chair. <laughs> he is dwarfs the thing. He got his legs, you know, crossed, and he's, it's just like tiny. It doesn't even look real. And then the only other thing is that hands down, the best school and the best team in the entire Pac-12 is the Colorado Buffaloes. That's all. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't agree more. Right. Tutel, join us. Regus Brothers RV phone line. Be well, Gus. Have fun. We got the live stream up here, so we'll be giving you updates to the second half of this game, but enjoy yourself down there at Dahlberg Arena. He's out. On the other side, hour one in the books. Danny Sprinkle recorded an interview with him earlier this week leading up to his team's game against Washington State tonight. And we're also going to talk about the validity of a potential spring season, what that might be like from a coach's perspective, actually trying to prepare guys to get ready for that. And we're also going to talk about coaches getting fired during a pandemic year. Man, how ruthless is that? Ty Gregorak with me, Coulter Nuanez, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 